2: From the TCL broadcast studios. This is the ride with Roycey. He's
3: going the distance, he's going the speed.
4: It may be over. Well, it's hit deep. The ride's right. gone. Again.
1: Surprise, Johnny Hyde! how about you, that this home run by Oscar Gamble was hit deep to right?
0: <laughs> no, not all. I don't at
1: all. remember Oscar ever hitting a home run to left in his entire <laughs> career. Uh, who was he hitting that home run for there, Manny? Was that the Whiteys or the Yankees? Sounded like a Yankee stadium That crowd. was
4: uh, against, looks like, the Brewers in the 1981 ALDS Game 5. Oh, okay. So. And
1: when he was back with the Yankees then, right? Yep. Okay,
4: he was big ba- because
1: he went away and came back. But uh, when I was covering the Twins in New York in '74, '5 and '6, it was amazing. This was back in the days of nine pitchers, right? Ten pitchers, sure. maximum. So you had fifteen position players, and the Yankees had an endless supply of left-handed hitters <laughs> sitting on the bench. So some days Oscar would play some days he just sit there next to Jim Spencer uh you know has played most every day but they had they always had about four of them on the bench and uh Gamble and uh, Jim Spencer were two of them all dead pole hitters hit the ball to right field and Oscar Gamble has died at age 68 uh Judd texted me today and it just said Oscar Gamble exclamation point and I thought is Oscar on Radio Row? <laughs> I wonder what he was selling, and then all of it. Then I get the bad news that he uh, he had died. I hadn't seen that, age sixty-eight. And John, uh, you're saying he had a a, a a benign tumor that turned into cancer. That was
0: uh, back in two thousand. Uh, he was diagnosed with a benign tumor called amyloblastoma about okay. nine years ago. Then it became emboloblastoma carcinoma in 2016. Had several operations. He entered the hospital January 22nd and died there early today.
1: Well, I told this story earlier, but it's one of my favorites. Uh, Yankees, a lot of people don't know that this this Yankee Stadium, which everybody calls is the second version of Yankee Stadium, it's completely new. But uh, they rebuilt the original Yankee Stadium, I think, opened in 20 or 21. 21, maybe? And... It was the house that Ruth built. And then in 70, now they probably had done some things to it through the years, but after the 73 season, they basically tore it down mm-hmm. and rebuilt it in pretty much the same form in 74 and 75, and they played at Shea Stadium, the Yankees. That's where Sooch, Shea Stadium, <laughs> was complaining that they did, Twins didn't use Tony Oliva to pitch right. it. Yep. In about the 14th inning, and I had to remind him that we'd pinch run for Tony about five runs. He was already out. Five yeah. innings earlier. We couldn't take him out.
0: No reentry rules. I might
1: have not said it in a polite manner either. I Who is have, this bleeping I idiot? Said, I might have said, hey, Dipwad. <laughs> Dipwad. <laughs> Dipwad. Uh, he's left the game five innings. Ago. Anyway, uh, we're back in Yankee Stadium, 19, April fifteenth, 1976. The Yankees opened the season on a road. Came home, it was a Thursday afternoon, greatest, one of the great days of my life because they brought back Red Grange, Jack Dempsey, Joe Lewis, uh, all kinds of football players who'd been stars there. And then all the old Yankees, you know, everybody who was retired Uh, and DiMaggio, of course, introduced last after everybody and the widows they had the widows there the Ruth widow and the Garrick widow and it was like an hour pregame ceremony and uh in the twins uh disco danny ford hit home run right deep to left cuz they kept that ain't that cavern in left field when they rebuilt the yankees i mean left center field was still 100 miles away yep. they brought it in a few years later but i it was still like 440 or something and uh, uh Danny Ford hit a home run out there, but the Yankees came back and pummeled them eleven to four. And Oscar had a single, a double, and a triple. And the clubhouses were fairly close, so you could go to one and then go to the other. And usually with a visiting team, you could come, they'd be hanging around in there for a while. so you go in and get to the Yankees first and And I went up to Oscar, and there's a bunch of people talking to Oscar, and I said, so uh, you think they're gonna re call this place the house that Oscar rebuilt? And he gave me that look like, "What the hell's wrong with you, man? What are you <laughs> talking about?" <laughs> and then uh, later I had a couple of conversations with him too, but he was uh, he was a really good dude, greatest fro in baseball history. Oh my god! Oh, yeah. There might have been some in college basketball and, and basketball that
2: rivaled it, <laughs> but nothing. In baseball, right? No, because he gets to stick out from under the hat. hat. Oh, yeah, Johnny pretty... Height
1: just was showing us seventy. A I photo think it's
2: seventy-five baseball baseball card. card. Yeah. Was it uh, uh, sideways? Who was the Twins player? Was it Kenny Landro that had one? Kenny had one, but yeah, but nothing like Oscar. Minor league compared to Oscars, yeah.
1: <laughs> and of course, the other thing to remember is Oscar was part of that nineteen seventy-seven White Sox team, and the Twins, of course, had Heisel and Bostock and Rodney. And Heisel and Bostock were going to leave the Twins, and they and Vett brought in Richie Zisk and uh, Oscar as Renna a player who he knew was going to were going to become free agents, right? Mm-hmm. And those were the South Side Hitmen, and uh, the fame the most famous game regular season game probably in Twins history in in the Met anyway, June 26, 1981, uh, 1977. When Rodney went four for five and went up to four oh six,
2: had the yeah, and
1: there was forty five thousand people there that day, and he got seven standing ovations, and Glenn Adams drove in eight runs, and he was an afterthought. Uh, and it was nineteen twelve that game, but I bet you I'd have to go back and look, but I I wonder if anybody won a game that year between those two teams that didn't score eight runs. They just <laughs> oh, they God. just pummel each <laughs> other, and they were identical teams because uh, you know, neither of them had any pitching and Dave Goltz, the twins had Dave Goltz, but the pitching was terrible and, and the hitting was fantastic. and they were just they were pl- they were playing three hour and 30 minute games before it was fashionable, you know
3: back
2: then. <laughs> so for, it, w- it, it, as far as Oscar though, I mean, because because of the fact that he played with the Yankees for so long, does he kind of get lost? You know, in terms of their of their history a little bit, well, do you think? Well, sure.
1: He had, I, I looked it up. He had 200 uh, home runs, which is pretty good. Sure. You know? But he wasn't always a re- he was a platoon player, basically, back then because there was, as I said, they yeah, he, 15 they had... players, and they platooned it. A lot of lefties got platooned back then, and Oscar, he got platooned to the most part. And uh, I think if you look him up, he'd probably be a rare year where he had f- more than 450 at bats. Wow. You know, he didn't have 700, I, but uh,
4: I'm just curious as to how he managed that batting stance. I'm looking at a still shot of him right now that yeah. that low crouching batting stance. It looks uncomfortable, but it worked for him.
1: And he wanted it inside, baby. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> he wanted you
1: to try to beat him in there really. so he could pull that damn thing.
2: Yeah, him he, and Donnie Baylor because isn't that yeah. how Donnie Baylor liked it too? He liked it inside.
1: Well. If, uh, Yeah, Baylor would stand on top of the plate, right yeah. and if you wanted to hit him, that was fine. <laughs> uh, he didn't. He'd just let it fall off him and go to first base. But all the Tigers back in those days, all their left handed hitters stood right sure on top of the plate because the they wanted you to come inside, and then you get a little pop fly to right field. And Yankee Stadium, same way. You stand on top of the plate, and they throw it inside, and you hit a fly that little fly ball to right field. I, Oscar would have really had fun in the current Yankee stadium. Oh, my God. Where the uh, right, all those pop flies to right
2: center are home runs, too. But. Where uh, Stanton and Judge are going to combine for 730 <laughs> home runs this year?
1: That's the difference between strong now. Strong then and strong now. Strong then, they still pulled the ball.
2: Yeah.
1: Strong now, they don't care. Judge, Stanton, those guys don't care. They just hit it. They just want to hit it up in the air. In some direction, they don't care. All right, and uh, as Manny informed us, Rasul Butler of the one uh, way he was in a league about three years ago, wasn't
4: he, Manny? Two years ago. Well, here's the thing, and and I had completely forgot about this, but he was in Timberwolves preseason camp uh, in uh, October of 2016. Really? So okay. he was part yeah, of uh, Tibbs's right. first uh, preseasons, and now they they waived him. Uh, before the regular season started was that started, his like
1: last that. Uh, was that his last I believe NBA that shot. was his
4: last uh his last stop yeah I don't think he ended up with a team uh, last he, season so.
1: anyway he was driving his ranger over on uh, Ventura Boulevard uh, today and I don't know if he was up on the you know that that uh, boulevard winds around, but then it also flattens out later, and he ended up in a he crashed it, and both he and his wife were killed, and it ended up in a strip mall uh, shopping center, did you say, uh, Manny?
3: Yeah, a, uh,
4: a small parking small shopping lot, yeah.
1: center, parking lot. Yeah. So he got killed today, only 38 years old. Alright, we uh, shall return. I'm going to give you some deep thoughts on the Super Bowl matchup when we come back. <laughs>
2: So we are live here at the Sprint store in uh, South St. Paul. And here's the deal. As part of the deal with Sprint, we are sending a couple of people to Bristol. All you have to do is stop into any participating Sprint store between right now and February 9th, and sign up and register. You can do it today. We're going to be here till 6 o'clock. You've got to be 18 years of age or older. You have to be a resident of Minnesota or Wisconsin. Here is the deal. We're going to send you to Bristol. Round-trip airfare. You're going to spend the night in a hotel. You're going to get meals, transportation to and from the airport to the hotel to the studio. A personalized tour of the ESPN campus, and you get to sit in on a taping of Golic and Wingo and meet the fellows, you're also going to get the chance to voice a promo. We are going to be here at the Sprint Store in West St. Paul. It's 1873 South Robert Street. We'll be here till 6 o'clock, but you can send up at any participating store between now and February 9th. Patrick.
1: This is not audio trolling. Oh, boy. This is <laughs> – I've been thinking about this for a couple of days. All right. And I have reached a conclusion. Hosting the Super Bowl, we're fortunate. The Vikings did not beat the Eagles. Okay, we're better off not having the
2: Vikings in the Super Bowl. Why do you say that?
1: Ah, uh, well, personally, there's a lot better stories. Not having to repeat all the Viking stories, right? Okay, so we've we've already done a whole season of Vikings. So this there's is about this is about no, you. No, this is about <laughs> just hearing the same. What are you going to hear about the Vikings? That you haven't heard for since August.
2: Well, right? I guess there's I'd, no
1: new information.
2: One thing I learned this week—I I forget where I read it—but I found out that Tom Brady's mom is from <laughs> yes, uh, Browerville, Minnesota. Yeah, yes.
0: I,
4: I found out that Adam Thielen was undrafted and attended Minnesota yes. State. What? Yeah,
1: you would have—you would have heard that uh, several times. Speaking of Golikowenko, they
2: love him. By the way, he was on this morning again. Okay,
4: I was there. Yeah, he was great.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's right, you were there, Manny.
1: Yeah. Here's B as consumers of the media we don't have to have these endless cute hometown i want to barf on the floor <laughs> stories about the cute kids Going to grade school dressed up as Vikings with shadow, or the grandma who's loved the Vikings for 70 years, even though they've only been here for 65, <laughs> 57. Uh, we don't need all the, we don't have all the cute going on. That's what I really like. We don't have the cute going on. But that on. goes now, on we with did every have the team. We did have the
2: cute Browerville stories.
1: Right. And I was one of the cuters. But uh, <laughs> Because the, they asked no, me to. You were a
2: cute curator. Yeah, yeah. They they
1: asked me to, but just think of how much more relaxed this week is. you hey, the Eagles are in town. You get to, you know. So you're saying the pressure's the off. Patriots. Yeah, it's just a lot better atmosphere than if the Vikings were in. Everybody be. Uh, fired up and then you turn on the tv and the anchors would be wearing viking hats and <laughs> all that silliness we don't have to we we'd prove to the world what a bunch of bumpkins we are if the vikings were in the series in the in the but super instead
2: bowl. of the viking gear we're getting the anchors and the weather people and everybody on site wearing the super bowl logo stuff instead
1: yeah, it isn't quite as disgusting.
2: It's, and it's disgusting. with the cute kids, you're still going to get that with New England and Philadelphia. Yeah, we're no, just no, not no, seeing... we're not
1: getting it here. That's. I'm worried about us. Okay. I don't, you know, I lived through two World Series where we had to write those lousy, rotten stories and watch the anchors fawn over themselves to see who could love the team more. Sure. And uh, that's a long time ago. It would be... With the Vikings, those stories would be quadrupled, ten times. So I think it's a good deal. I think we should be happy. We're hosting the Super Bowl. Uh, You know, we're getting other people's money, allegedly. (laughs) And uh, we don't have to. It's it's not boring. If it was the Vikings, it would be boring.
2: Right? I still think. It would be boring that we were. <laughs> right. I still think though, had the Vikings beat Philadelphia, uh and again I'm I'm one who has now resigned to the fact that it, it's just never gonna happen. No, it's never it's, gonna it's happen it's never
1: gonna happen. Is, yeah, those, those but
2: I ones. think the storyline of In the fact, Vikings you should
1: put some, when you get give your three year old a gift next time a sports paraphernalia make it be green bay or something yeah
2: it's never (laughs) happening kid go cheer for somebody else (laughs) yeah right uh but i think the storyline of you know the actual game on the field when you're talking about the team playing at home against the greatest dynasty in the history of sports that's
1: pretty great i'd be fine if we hey but you're saying the focus wouldn't be i'd be fine with the vikings playing in the game it's just that Two weeks of nonsense we would have had to put up before the game.
2: It is a long time to build up this game, isn't <laughs> it? Well, oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. But speaking of that, have you guys, any of you guys watched the, the Tom versus Time thing yet? The little uh, the, the, the Facebook thing
1: he's doing on Facebook? Yeah. I don't know what my I, Facebook I password
2: is. No. I,
1: I don't know what my fa- Facebook password is. I watched
2: <laughs> a snippet of it the other day. It is quite amazing is the it just an of,
1: advertisement uh, for this product
2: uh, a little bit but more more of it, it just kind of goes through what his routine is but it is amazing I'd the amount of preparation that i he don't goes care
1: through. if giselle was my mom and he was my dad and we had billions i wouldn't want to <laughs> be their kid yeah.
2: You want to eat Fritos. You think
1: that kid could come in here and have a White Castle?
2: No, no, absolutely got White no.
1: Castles here. Hell no, he can't have a White. That kid will never taste a White. <laughs> How many kids they got?
2: Uh, five, eight, seven, <laughs> nine. five, eight, seven, nine, two. I have no idea. No. Well, they... I think he has another child from a previous Oh, yeah. Well, who was a uh, previous with, uh, gal? Uh, Bridget Moynihan. Bridget, yeah, Bridget, Bridget, Bridget Moynihan, Moynihan, the actress. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that child. I tell you, you got mean.
1: options when you can throw over a Bridget Moynihan, too. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you got options,
2: but anyway, That's true.
1: Yeah. anyway, I'm just—it's just my opinion. I think we're better off not being in the Super Bowl. Let's go next year. First, and the other thing is there if you're a Viking fan, yep, you want to go to downtown Minneapolis to see the game? No, or do you want to go to the Rose
2: Bowl or Atlanta or, yeah, next year? Atlanta or uh,
1: New Orleans sometime. I, any place? Um, Any, who wants to go downtown Minneapolis? Here, I will You've been answer there that. Before.
2: I'll answer that. As a guy that knows me very well, yeah. I do not want to go to New Orleans for a Viking Super Bowl because I might not come out alive.
1: <laughs> it's uh yeah well uh, <laughs> I think the Bourbon Street actually stopped the 4 a.m. closing time they, they just open all day long. <laughs> just
0: yeah, I stopped. used to
1: go down there and beg them to close, but they wouldn't do it. But uh, Anyway, uh, I don't know. It's just kind of my opinion. It would be more fun to go to the Super Bowl somewhere else in the next couple of years <laughs> than have it here. You uh, know? Tom. Plus, would anybody want to see Ziggy that happy? Uh, no. I don't
0: think so. Tom's got three <laughs> kids total. Two, three? With, two with Giselle. Okay. okay. So.
1: And uh, the, the other one
0: comes and visits once in a while? John Edward Thomas Moynihan. Oh, oh it's a son. I thought it was a going to daughter. It doesn't her. use the Brady. Uh, nope.
1: It doesn't use the Brady. Just no? these two. But Irish. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all righty. Uh, anyway, that's my thought, and I'm sticking with it. Oh, we'll boy. be back. We are at the Sprint Store on Robert Street in West St. Paul. Come on. Uh, if you're coming south on uh, Robert Street, uh, see the Chipotle, and then stop in, you can uh, register to win the trip to Bristol. Uh, Heck, you you get to be there live with uh, Golik and Trey Wingo. Think about
2: that. You can get yourself signed up. Yes. You get yourself a new phone, then go get yourself some raising canes. That's Ooh, the trifecta
4: of yeah, happiness it right
2: there. It's really
1: good. <laughs> Here is Johnny Height with a sports update.
0: Thank you, Patrick. This update sponsored by Account Temps. Do you need accounting and finance professionals for long term or recurring projects? If so, Account Temps salaried professional service may be the right solution. Visit AccountTemps.com. Account Temps or Robert Half Company. Uh, if you missed it last night, uh, late in the evening, Uh, Alex Smith, some folks thought he'd be a good fit here in Minnesota, but the Chiefs, uh, they decided to trade him elsewhere. He was (laughs) traded to the Washington Redskins last evening. The 33-year-old veteran got a four-year deal. I didn't see how much was guaranteed. Did you guys notice? I thought 71. Yeah, but
1: some people are are saying that's not really accurate.
2: The best was Mackie told a story this morning on the show. Um, He was at the media deal last night. And now everybody's kind of loosening up. It's the Super Bowl. Sure. There's nothing going on. And then they were scurrying like rats once they found <laughs> out that they are all half in the bag. And that Alex Smith had just been traded. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny.
1: And, uh, you know, Judd and Phil, uh, very happy that they have the Super Bowl in town this week. Because uh, now that Alex is off the table, what else would they talk about?
2: <laughs> <laughs> now we're going after Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, yeah, we're going to get him. <laughs>
0: Kirk Cousins, of course, uh, He'll be highly sought after.
1: Well, now he wants uh, more. Uh, well, he, it's going to cost him. It's going to be more money for him than. For can this they guy.
2: still franchise tag him and trade him?
1: No, no I don't. They're going They're going to they
2: let, let him go.
0: Huh. Brett Favre, who's good friends with Eagles coach Doug Peterson, will speak to the Eagles on Saturday night, the night before the game. Did
1: did I win a Super Bowl? Yeah, I won a Super Bowl.
0: (laughs) Did I throw up down my pants half the time, though? Peterson, who spent most of his NFL career as a backup quarterback, was a teammate of Favre's for seven seasons and two different stints with the Packers. Uh, he did appear in one game the season that the Packers won the Super Bowl with Favre with the quarterback in 1996. Peterson making an appearance in one game that season. Former Timberwolves forward Kevin Love suffered a fracture. How about that? Knuckle push-ups, I heard. Fra- no. <laughs> fracture in his left hand he'll miss six to eight weeks it looks like with the injury it occurred another
1: all-star opening they've had three in a
0: week here it's almost like the pro bowl yeah but these (laughs) oh my hamster. these guys are breaking bones these guys actually are hurt injury occurred in the first quarter of the Cavs' loss to the pistons yesterday the team said love received x-rays at the arena and that revealed a non-displaced fracture in the fifth Metacarpal. Has he ever had a season where he hasn't been injured? And I think
1: he's played a lot there since he got really? there. I don't think he's missed that many. He uh and uh, Well I know
2: he got hurt in the postseason the one year with them against Boston, but I thought he missed a chunk another part of this. I don't know. Too. I'd have to I don't know. I haven't tracked him that closely.
0: Earlier in the day on GL, Joe said, Why don't they just tape it up? He can play <laughs> Uh, the NFL's uh, Thursday night football TV package will have a new home next year, and for the uh, foreseeable future, it'll move from CBS and NBC to Fox. That announced this morning. Fox will broadcast 11 Thursday night games between weeks 4 through 15. What as they pay. As part of the deal, that runs through the 2022 season. The games also will be seen on NFL Network, as in the past, and the cable network solely will televise the seven Thursday night games that Fox doesn't. What they pay. Digital rights, last held by Amazon, are still up for grabs, according to the sports business journal's John Orand. Orand, Chris, reports that Fox will pay around $550 million
4: (laughs) a year. Over the for next Thursday, for for, Thursday
2: night for uh, eleven Thursday, twelve Thursday. Uh-huh. Oh my
4: god! You yeah. want to know the, my favorite part of this too? Now Vikings fans have to watch Joe Buck and Troy Aikman yes. twice a week. That's yes. A good point. I love That's it. A good point.
1: You know what my uh, favorite part is? Even with the five hundred and fifty million, these SOBs can't afford to hire court reporters to do transcripts anymore. No. At the Super Bowl. Nope.
0: <laughs> uh, they, uh, there are some. Uh, People who are putting the uh, thing at $600 million a year, by okay. the way, although that's right. not an official, okay. not official wow. number. Uh, we do have a baseball signing today. Alex Avila, the catcher, uh, okay. signed with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Avila will get a two-year deal worth $8.25 million. Another quarter of a million per season will be available in incentives to Avila. You know, that's
2: one of my Damon. favorite baseball stories ever, the Alex Avila. Yeah, He's he got traded by his own dad. Dad, 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 yeah. dad let
1: him go. <laughs> Well, boy, the uh, it is amazing. You see, they're going to have a camp for the free agents who haven't signed. They're really? Gonna, no. Going to uh, work out down in Florida it, together, maybe.
2: I think Boris is running it, right? Isn't it? Yeah, he? well, because most we got, of the people got, on side are his guys. We
1: got a lawsuit coming up here, boys. Do you Breeze. think so? We're think have so? The Collusion, collusion? again. Well, but well,
0: it's, uh, it's actually a real camp with tents and fire pits and. Uh, All <laughs> right.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. We're, we're only like two weeks away, right? From yeah. Spring training February for
1: 14th, I think. Okay, man, something like that. All right, Johnny, that's it. Okay, that's all. We don't need anything more. Are you Goodbye. This This ride with Ricey, we're in uh, West St. Paul on Robert Street at the uh, Sprint Store. Here, uh, people coming in and out today and uh, registering. To win the uh, trip to Bristol, Connecticut, ESPN headquarters trip for two, and uh, you go out there, you stay, you get flown out there, stay overnight. Next day you're uh, going to be on the uh, on the floor for the. Uh, Wingo and uh, Golic What do we call the show? Golik and, and Wingo. Wingo. Golik and Wingo. Okay. Uh, the Golik and Wingo show, and uh, you're going to be a guest, and they're going to let you kind of promo all kinds of good
2: stuff, right? You know, I've never been to the uh, ESPN campus in Bristol, but from the Neither photos, have I. It looks like it's the size of the U of M, for God's sake. The thing is massive. Mm-hmm. That'd be kind of cool. I'd, I'd like to go out there someday to check it out. And then you get to meet the fellas. How cool is that? That,
1: uh, that is uh, That is true. So uh, basketball last night, the uh, Timberwolves uh, got a little better effort, but they got beat anyway. Right, and uh, they yep. go and the poor Gophers played absolutely no defense whatsoever and get uh, gave up. I was shot sixty-two percent the second half or something like that.
4: Have they checked out?
1: Uh, n- uh, I'm not sure.
2: I have a piping hot Gopher basketball take. Are you ready? Okay.
1: Yes, go ahead.
2: Uh, the Gopher basketball team will not win another game. This <laughs> season. And I'm not. And I'm not trying to make a joke. They are that bad. They are that pathetic. And this team is even more pathetic than the eight and twenty three operation because this team has five times as much talent as that team did.
4: Oh. That's a piping
1: hot sports take. Thank you, Des. I, I got a, a hot take for you, Manny. If you call that individual, I think we'll be able to talk to him here in a moment. All right. So, uh, the great Kevin Seifert, because we're going to be out at Radio Row tomorrow. That's true. And uh, we'll we'll be overwhelmed with guests. Not we we don't I, know who we don't know how we don't know where. You but, know it's uh,
2: interesting because you see all sorts of different people, non-football related, out at radio. We got World. a guy
1: from uh, I think tomorrow or Friday. You can get a guest who plays soccer for Manchester City. Really?
2: Yes. What is he promoting? No, I suppose the English <laughs> Premier League. I suppose maybe watch the English Premier League. Ah, I see. Mm-hmm. But it is because everybody, you know, you've got how many different outlets that are at your disposal within feet of each other all across the country so if you're a you're a marketing person then it's it's genius to all do that
1: right. here's kevin seaford nfl nation blog uh, how's it changed your life having the super bowl in your home uh, area here with all the espn <laughs> guys running around sir
3: <laughs> well it's uh you know i actually thought it would be uh it would be more hectic because i have like half uh my life in my uh, regular life and half my life in super bowl mode but uh it's actually been pretty fun and pretty easy, and uh, the, all the anxiety of not knowing where you're going or what you're doing or what you're, where you're supposed to be is largely gone. So I've enjoyed it. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I Put me on the minority list if that's the case, but I'll, I'd be happy to cover the Super Bowl here every year.
1: I am uh, not. Uh, I, I've, I was talking to a bunch of people out there yesterday, media types. Some people... Like the convenience of uh, being located at the Mall of America, others want to be downtown where they're
3: uh, oh, I don't a want different to be kind of action. With, but with all due respect to every downtown in America, the Super Bowl by the end of the week, the downtown is usually a complete disaster zone. I remember a few years ago in Indianapolis, it got so crowded that the state police had to block off the freeway to keep more <laughs> people. From, they had reached like the limit, the uh, the social engineering limit of uh, people who could be in downtown Indianapolis because that's where. All the teams were, and all the, uh, the media was in the convention center. So, I, from a from a convenience perspective, and uh, you know, the mall is fine for me. And, and also, from a stuffing my face silly perspective, it's very good as well because most uh, media centers at the, at the Super Bowl are stuck in uh, a convention center where there's almost no food. And I, the Mall of America, you will never ever have a problem <laughs> finding food, I can, as you know.
1: No, uh, and you know there's something to be said for not riding buses all over town too. You oh, that, to, yeah, you yeah, get absolutely. to walk yeah. to one hotel or the other and do the interviews yeah,
3: yeah. The uh, I think in San Francisco the average amount of time spent on a day uh, spent on a bus during a day was like three or four hours uh, to get around because of the traffic and how spread out it was. So that in itself uh, is huge as well.
1: My uh, piping hot take is uh, we're better off not having the Vikings in the Super Bowl. It's a lot <laughs> less. First of <laughs> all, all the stories would be boring. Uh, Second of all, all the stories would be too damn cute. You know, we'd have every little, you know, everybody would have to write the cute stories and do the cute stories on TV. (laughs) And uh, see, uh, just, the Eagles are a lot more interesting than uh, having to rerun all the Viking uh, stuff again, uh, in my opinion. But uh, it's probably not a popular opinion. In uh, I think in there was be
3: I think you're underestimating the amount of spot stories that would have been of people going completely bonkers crazy in town, yes, around right. town. If, you know, people building statues. Uh, there might even have been a statue of you by the end of the week. I don't know, <laughs> but. Uh, there would have there would have been uh, the, the, I think the town itself would have been so spontaneously interesting that even if the teams were not interesting to write about and cover and, and hear about the, uh, the the reaction of the city would have been unprecedented mm-hmm. I think and that would have been fun and I do uh, would like to see that once in my life whether it was here or otherwise uh, what a team uh, hosting uh, its own super playing a Super Bowl in the host city would be like uh, just once.
1: Yes, I I am still uh, dumbfounded by the uh, the thumping that the Eagles gave them. Uh, the Eagles that we talked about it the last week. The uh, they they have better lines. They have uh, better offensive line, better defensive line, better everything else. They had somebody bet ten million dollars on them, and the and the uh, point spread is still four and a half.
3: Yeah, uh, because I mean, just the miss. Maybe I guess even gamblers uh, are uh, are. Um, Uh, influenced by the the mystical nature of the Patriots, that no matter what they look like on paper, they have a way, especially with two weeks' um, uh, preparation, to find ways to beat even teams that are objectively better than them. And I don't know if I agree that the Eagles are or not, but they have shown that. And really the times they've lost the Super Bowls are the times when there's been otherworldly, ungodly plays made against them. Yes, in key situations. The, the Tyree catch in the first Giants Super Bowl and then the Manningham catch in the second, and they were that close to uh, having, uh, even even then, they were that close to winning the game on a Hail Mary to Rob Gronkowski at the, on the final play. So it's, it has taken uh, superhuman efforts uh, to beat them in those two Super Bowls, and so that, I think that history certainly, uh, certainly uh, plays into it.
1: Kevin, I was uh, watching uh, just flash by on the screen yesterday the Tyree catch, and I was thinking, did he really survive the ground? <laughs> if it would have been, if it would have been 2018, what have we said he did Well, I saw the ball wobble a little when he hit the oh, well, ground. We did he survive the ground?
3: We we would we would definitely have to uh, watch it frame by frame over and over for at least <laughs> yes. five minutes. It's interesting. Gotcha. Uh, Roger Goodell, very uh, frontally this week, has been saying that he wants the catch rule blown up and started over again and you know I, it, I i think everybody intuitively can agree that they wish that it wasn't as complicated as it was but i'm not sure if they'll be if it'll be as easy to stuff the genie back in the bottle um now that they've kind of exposed the catch rule to this frame by frame analysis whether they can just say oh yeah don't worry about it anymore if it looks like a catch we're going to call it a catch I, yeah I, that that may not be as easy as it sounds as pleasant as it would be
1: are they going to make it uh, – if you have – just like if you're running the ball in, if you have possession when you hit the line, it's a touchdown no matter what happens. That's about the only other alternative, isn't it?
3: Yeah, I think I think he just – I think, yeah. The big thing is I don't think he wants this you to have to keep the, the, the control of the ball throughout the process of going to the ground. And in the end, there the only, there's only two alternatives. You either do that, make them keep the ball uh, throughout the process, or don't. And if you don't, a catch – like you're talking about, uh, you know, could be, a, 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 at least not in the end zone, but in the open field would be a catch and a fumble instead of an incomplete pass. So it, it's going to lead to something different. Uh, maybe that will be more palatable to people. Um, but the last time they just talked about this, nothing's changed the last time they talked about this. And two years ago they talked they brought all the worldwide experts in and the history of football. <laughs> and they decided that, that all other alternatives would lead to equally confounding uh, consequences. And so they basically kept it as it is, and they said they basically, without coming out and quite saying it, they said we're going to sacrifice two or three um, or four or five uh, plays over the course of the year out of forty thousand plays that happened in the course of the season uh, that where they just don't pass the eye test and people are upset and it might impact the game and it might outcome of the game and it might not, but we're going to we're going to sacrifice those plays in the interest of having all the other ones worked out in their mind objectively. So I that's where they stood last, but clearly uh, Goodell is not uh, satisfied with that. He has a new officiating chief uh, now Riveron in charge now that may be more, be more amenable than, than Dean Blandino was to, uh, to changing it. And we'll see where it goes. Uh, they're going to get a lot more experts in to talk a lot more about it. And um, we'll see if they can figure out anything that's better.
1: Well, uh, so the Eagles, uh, you got this. Peterson's an impressive character.
3: Yeah, I mean when he when he got hired, um, you know there were no people worst hire in the, in, the yeah. in that year's class. Everybody. Yeah, said. I mean there was nobody else was trying to hire him. Um, nobody thought that uh, he had done anything on Andy Reid's staff to merit. Um, to merit all of a sudden becoming a head coach, other than the fact it looked like a team had hired a very familiar person who had been there before a long time, had a long time lineage, and it was going to be very pleasant and nice, but there wasn't any going to be any new. Uh, they weren't going to reinvent the wheel. Um, I remember writing that the a large one of the large reasons that, that he ended up being hired was that the job was not had, did not appear to be that attractive because uh, they had just basically had a front office coup and and pushed uh, Chip Kelly out. But he is Doug Peterson has turned into one of the more innovative coaches in the league um, and not just uh, from his play calling and his offensive structure, but in terms of embracing analytics in a way that that no other NFL team has in terms of going for a fourth down and when to go for two and all that sort of thing. And he's really kind of. You know, no one, will, no one is setting the bar higher than Bill Belichick, obviously, but he has really kind of expanded the idea of what an NFL head coach might try to implement. Um, and that's pretty impressive over a two-year period.
1: Uh, uh, we are now having uh, Fox Sports pay 550 to $600 million for the Thursday night games annually. I yeah. guess the networks do not buy the idea that football is in a crisis here as far as people playing the game and injuries and, uh, and uh, slaps at the face of America. I, yeah. they, they continue to gamble on the future of football.
3: Well, I think they see the numbers, and that show that relatively, even if NFL ratings are going down, they're going—they're not going down any more at a higher any higher rate as regular TV ratings, and they st- it still remains at the very top of what's um, what's being watched on on over-the-air TV. And so that the NFL is able to leverage that, the, these TV companies—you know—maybe one day they'll all broadcast companies, maybe will one day all uh, transition into over-the-top online streaming, but right now. And butter is the actual tv and on a list of things that that is most likely to draw people to tv it's still the nfl even if it's less people than it used to be there's still nothing else that's gonna that's gonna draw it nope. uh, any more than that and so i think that's what the nfl is able to leverage. Um, the injury data came out late last week on a Friday news dump suggesting for the first time that, that Thursday night games are leading to more injuries than other nights, but that uh, conveniently was not a factor in these negotiations. And I believe the number that Darren Ravel reported is that an average of $660 million for 11 games a year um, is what Fox is going to pay.
1: All right, Kevin, thank you, sir. Talk to okay, you later.
3: Patrick, yes, sir.
4: This holiday, whether you're making a Fred Meyer Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Fred Meyer has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save
2: at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone.